All right. Well, good morning. Everybody doing all right? Had a good week so far? Everybody had a good week? I hope you have. Man, I, uh, I was talking to a guy this morning. He, I saw him before the first service, and he sent me a message earlier this week, and he said, Pastor Mike, having a great week. And he was one of the guys that was baptized last Sunday. And if you'd have seen him when he came out of the water, you would know, man, it was a big moment for him. It was awesome. It was incredible. And so we were talking out there, and I said, you know, and he said, you know, even though there's been some bumps and some things in the week, he said, it's been a great week. So I pray that you guys have had a great week. I, I pray that you have been praying as we have been moving through this 21 days of prayer. Today ends our, our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so uh, today's the last day of it. And so hopefully you guys have been working through the prayer guides that we've been ha- passing out and You've been taking those home, and I pray that God has been speaking to you and maybe even drawing you a little bit closer, revealing some things in your life that need to change or some things that you just need to lay down, you need to let go of. And, uh, and so I, that's what I've been praying for for our church, that there would be revival to take place in our church, in our community, you know, and however God wants to do that. So hopefully you've been praying in alignment with us on that. And so today we're going to be talking about healing. And I know for a lot of people that's kind of like, whoa, you know, I don't know, that's kind of big, Mike. But we're going to pray, and we're going to talk about you know how to how to pray for healing, and uh, and so many times you know we we kind of push that off and say you know I just don't know you know there was a time maybe you know that that was needed but now we've got doctors and whatever and we're going to talk about what Scripture says about that today. So thank y'all for being here today. Hey, and if you're joining us online, we're so glad you're a part of the service today. But let's jump in. We're going to look at today on how to how to pray for healing. And uh, and this is one of those things where, you know, maybe some of you guys have been praying through the 21 days. You've been praying for healing for something. You know, maybe there's something going on in your life that you go, you know what, I just need to be healed. I need to be whole. And you've been praying for that. And you've been giving up. You've been relinquishing the natural for the supernatural. You've been relinquishing something. I don't know what that might have been. For some of you, maybe it was something, maybe it was food or maybe it was coffee or whatever. You gave up something that you wanted regularly so that every time that you thought about that or that you wanted that, you chose to pray. And so you relinquish the natural for the supernatural. And so hopefully, prayerfully, God has responded in some way. And maybe, and here's what I'm believing. I believe God is going to respond in some way today to people here in the room and to people watching online. I believe God's going to heal somebody today. That's what I believe. I wouldn't be teaching this if I didn't believe in healing. And, and so I want us to kind of dig into that, but how, how to pray for healing. And so God wants us to be healthy and whole. So a loving father wants us to be healthy and whole. He wants you to be healthy and whole. I'm, I'm a dad. I've got three boys. I want them to be healthy and I want them to be whole, right? And, and every parent in this room, most likely, that is one of your prayers for your kids. You want them to be healthy. You want them to be whole. You want them to experience love. You want them to experience all that God has for them. And so God, our loving father, who loves us with an unconditional love, with an unbelievable love, he wants us to be healthy and whole. And, and I know we live in a fallen world, but he wants us to experience that. And so I love this passage here out of Jeremiah. It says, oh, Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. If you save me, I'll be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. And so I love that passage right there where it says, if you save me, I'm saved. I'm good. If you, if you heal me, I'm healed. And so the psalmist is saying, or Jeremiah is saying, hey, I believe that, God. I believe that. I lean into that. I believe that. I know this to be true. Let me tell you a story. Uh, a few years ago, back, back on January the 23rd, 1994, the, the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers were going to be playing each other in an NFC championship. And so I was a 28-year-old uh, youth pastor living in Dallas, and uh, I was serving at a church. And, uh, and so if you've ever lived in Dallas, they talk about the Dallas Cowboys every day of the year, sometimes multiple times you know, throughout the day, it seems like. And so that's a big deal there. 
And so I'm serving at this church, and we, uh, we would always do stuff on Sunday afternoons, uh, just kind of connect and reach kids and build relationships and stuff. So every Sunday afternoon, we would either play football, or either we would play ultimate, or either we had a sand volleyball court, we'd, we'd play sand volleyball. And so that was, that was pretty much every Sunday, that's what we did. We just, it was a way to connect with kids, guys and girls, all of them out there. And so we would, we would go out there to play. And so this is a big day. Everybody's kind of getting ready for the game. You know, everybody had plans. I think everybody was going to be going to their life groups or their, you know, their, their little, you know, their age group things at people's houses to watch the game. It was kind of a big deal. And so, so we're out there, we're playing football and, uh, I always played uh, all time quarterback on one of the teams, so I didn't have to run as much. And so, uh, then we had another youth worker. He would do the same thing on the other team. And so the other guy, Steve gets there a little bit late. And he pulls up to where we had kind of marked it off. This is where we're going to be playing. This is the end zone, so on and so forth. And so we holler at him. He's at the other end. He says, hey, man, you're on the field. Pull it off the field. And so he pulls his Ford Explorer off the field. And, um, and anyway, so we, we're playing the game the whole afternoon. Great. Lots of fun. You know, and so it's the last play of the game. We're tied up. And, and we can't seem to kind of, nobody can seem to, everybody's just scoring at will. No defense, you know. Sounds like a Big 12 or something like that. But anyway, so we're sitting there doing this. No defense, it seems like. But so we just say, hey, listen, next one to score wins the ball game. And so there's a guy over here, Stacy Turner. And so Stacy is really fast. And so I'm, I, I just say, hey, listen, man, just go. Go long. And so he takes off. I throw to him. He takes off. And he's flying down the sideline. And we're thinking, all right, ball game's fixing to be over. We're fixing to go home, get some food, and we will, we will watch the game. But Charlie Rogers was on the other side, and Charlie, uh, he was on the track team, pretty fast kid. So Stacy's the fastest guy we've got. He's the fastest guy they've got. And it's like this race to see, you know, Stacy's going down the sideline. Charlie's like, you're not going to score. And so he's taking off, taking off. And uh, anyway, Stacy gets by him, but Charlie kind of loses his balance, and he begins to stumble. And, and, and he, he's just kind of falling forward, and he slams into the front hub of Steve's Ford Explorer. And if you'd have seen it, you would, you would have thought just like I did, he's dead or he, he, he's hurt bad. And I mean, and I can see, I, I wish I could show y'all the video that's in my mind. I can still watch it happen. I can still watch him stumbling and then watch him hit. It's just like a bull, like a bull if a bull was charging, hit that side of that rim. And you can see blood go everywhere. And I just turned and I said, call 911. And I take off running down there. And when I get there, Charlie is laying on the ground and he's in a seizure. And he's, he's in a seizure and his eyes roll back in his head. And it's, it's a horrible uh, moment. And, uh, you know, there's other details I could give you that would probably make some of you sick or some of you guys watching online sick. And so anyway, so I, I get my hands around Charlie, and I'm pretty much sitting straddle of him. And I'm kind of holding, holding him together, to be honest with you. I'm kind of holding him together. And I'm praying with everything I know to pray over Charlie. And there's a bunch of little boys that come in. They put their hands on, on Charlie, and they're praying. And, man, all of a sudden, Charlie's eyes pop open. He looks at me. He says, I'm going to be okay. And I said, hey, I believe you, but do not move. Do not move at all. I said, the paramedics are on the way. And so I'm just kind of holding him. And I'm, I'm sitting straddling him. And I'm just kind of holding him. And I'm saying, don't move, Charlie. I said, uh, you're going to be okay. And he goes, I'm going to be okay. I said, yeah, yeah, you're going to be okay. You know, we're just kind of back and forth. And, and anyway, so the paramedics get there. I hear the sirens coming. They get there. They kind of work their hands in around mine. And they begin to tape him up a little bit. And they, they put him on a board, and they strap him to the board. And they said, we can't haul him out of here. There's, you know, there's, there's too much of a risk, so we're going to have to fly him out of here. So they bring in a helicopter. The helicopter lands, and they get him on that, and they take off. And so, like I said, we've got this evening planned to watch this game and you know, uh, to root for whoever. And, uh, and so we're all get, we go, I go home, and I get a bath, and everybody gets a shower, and we all take off to the, to the emergency room. And so we're in the emergency room, and we're standing around just kind of waiting to you know, find out, hey, what's the status with Charlie? And his mom and dad uh, come walking out, 
And uh, as they walk out, they kind of share with us that, you know, it looks like Charlie's going to be okay. And, and everybody that was out there, especially me, is sitting there going like, that's awesome. You know, and by the time, whenever they say it, everybody just starts saying, like, yeah, man, that's awesome. You know, and they're just kind of excited. And then the, the neurologist or the neurosurgeon kind of steps out and he says, hey, listen, he said, I know you guys are here for Charlie. He said, I just want you to know this is my first miracle. He said, I've never, never seen anything like this. He said, there's a, there's a little bit of bleeding at the top of his brain. He said, but Charlie should be either dead or paralyzed. One of the two. He said, that's my first one. He turns around and walks back in. And, of course, we're all like, man, that's awesome. We're celebrating. We're, we just can't believe it. And, 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 you know, and so then they begin to check Charlie out of the hospital. And so he got to go home the next day, the next day. And uh, they were checking him out out of ICU straight out. And they said, normally, you know, you go kind of go through a progression to a regular room and so on. And so he gets out. We, the next week, the paramedics come by the, the church. And Debbie, our receptionist, was there. And, and uh, they said, hey, listen, we want to check on that kid that got hurt out here last Sunday afternoon. And she said, are you talking about Charlie? He went home the next day. and said, no, 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 not this kid. He, but he had to be lifelighted and uh, had a neck injury. She said, believe it or not, she goes, he went home. And, that, and, and, and the paramedics are shaking his head like, there's no way. There's no way. And uh, she goes, with God, anything is possible. And I'm just telling you guys, I, I, why do I tell you that story? No one, because I saw it happen. I believe in the power of healing. And I, I believe that God did something special there. Now, it took, I don't know how many staples and stitches to put his, his head, his scalp back together and everything. But it was, it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen physio, physiologically to watch it happen. It was just an unbelievable and so to, for him to get up and walk away and walk away from the hospital the next day was amazing. So why not tell you that? Because I believe that God still has the power to heal. And, 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 and I, I would say this, God wants us to experience that. And I think that's important for us to understand. God wants us to experience spiritual healing through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate healing right there. I'll tell you a story about physical healing. You say, Mike, you're talking about spiritual healing. Well, here's the thing. Charlie was a believer. And so spiritual healing is more important than even physical healing. And I know there's some of you in this room that you're going, man, I need physical healing or I need emotional healing or I need, I need relational healing. I need financial healing, whatever it might be. But it starts right here. It starts with spiritual healing. There has to be, there has to be that birth that takes place. You know, we talked about it last week. We, we can be a creation of God and we all are a creation of God. But whenever we put our faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done, there's a spiritual healing that takes place. And so we're, we're saying, I believe in what Jesus did on the cross. And by what Jesus did on the cross, I am literally healed relationally, spiritually, everything with God the Father. I'm put in a right relationship with Him. And, and so it becomes, it becomes that it starts with spiritual healing. We need spiritual healing more than we need anything else. Because without that spiritual healing that comes through Christ, we are separated from God. We are dead in our sins. We are dead in our transgressions. And we're not even alive. And we need spiritual life in us. We need spiritual healing in us. And so when we put our faith in Christ, we receive that gift that only comes through Jesus Christ. And therefore, we go from death unto life. We are a dead man walking, if you will. And so our life has been changed. So when we went through the waters of baptism last week, when we bring, I bring Marvin out of the water, man, he's going, man, I, I'm new. I, I'm, 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 put, I'm casting all that behind me. The water's not what saved him. It's what he did in Jesus. His faith in Jesus is what saved him. But he said, man, I want the whole world to know. So he took that step of obedience by following Christ in believer's baptism. Say the old is gone, the new has come. And so he, he, he's experienced spiritual healing. Now he's, he's followed him in believer's baptism. Look at this out of First Timothy. He says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. So we're supposed to be praying. You know, we just went through 21 days of prayer and fasting. But here's the thing. We, be, we should be praying every day. 
I want to ask you guys, we've been praying all morning. I want to ask you right now, and even if you're watching online, hey, I want you to pray that if there's anybody here today, anybody watching online that is not saved, does not have a relationship with God, that they are lost. That they would hear the gospel for the first time and be moved to take that step of faith today. That we would be a praying church that prays for the lost to be saved and for their eyes to be opened, their ears to be opened. They hear the gospel and they respond by faith. That's what we need to be praying for. That's what, that's what we're saying here. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks to them. We should be praying for people. We should be interceding. And it doesn't need to just be when, hey, when there's an emergency or when there's a bad situation or whatever. We should be praying for people every day throughout the day. When you see someone, you don't have to stop and lay hands on them. You just say, you know, God, I just pray that you bless them today. When God brings them to mind, you, you, you bless them. You, you, or some maybe you just call them. You say, I just, man, I want to call and check on you. just want you to know I'm praying for you right now. And so those things are supposed to happen. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives, marked by godliness and dignity. So Scripture is telling us that we should be praying for all of our leaders instead of always running them down and calling them every name under the sun because they don't do what we think they should do. Or maybe we differ politically. All of a sudden we run them down. But Scripture says we should be praying for them. Right? You say, well, Mike, you know, I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat or I'm a whatever. It doesn't matter. If you're a Christian, you should be praying for the leaders that are in, in, in charge right now. Praying that God would get a hold of their heart. But He changes their heart. He changes their actions. And He changes what they believe. But instead of running them down, you know, we need to be praying for God to change their heart, that there would be spiritual healing that would take place. And whenever that spiritual healing takes place, it will change how they lead, how they rule, how they do whatever. And so we've got to say, God, I want, you to ch- I want to pray for their heart to be changed, for there to be true salvation to take place. This is good and pleases God our Savior. You want to please God? Then do that. Then pray for people and pray for the leaders that are over us. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. See, it's God's desire that all people would hear the gospel and respond. But we know that not all will. Even Jesus taught that not everybody would. And so there's people that have been going to church their whole life. Man, they'll be, they may be religious, but they've never surrendered their life. They've never put their faith in Christ. And they're going to miss him. They've been around the, the gospel, the, the teaching all this time, but somehow they missed it. And maybe it's because their focus was on everything else. And so I'm praying that God's going to give... Anyone, ears to hear and eyes to see the gospel today. And they would respond by faith. So it's God's desire that, that all would be saved and, re- and understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. And so very clear right there, I mean, that, that's the gospel. There's one God, there's the one true God that we serve. And his son Jesus is the mediator. He's the one that stands in the gap for us. He's the one that went to the cross for you. He's the one that bled out his precious blood for your sins, for your lying, your stealing, your cheating, whatever it might be. He, he paid the price for that. And if we put our faith in what Jesus did on the cross and we believe that God, by the power of the Spirit, raised him from the dead and that he is alive and he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, praying for us, and we believe that, then the Bible says we're, we're saved, and it's only by faith. It's not by works, by going to church or reading the Bible or anything else. It's by faith in what Jesus did. And by putting our faith in Him, we receive spiritual healing. Where Our sins are washed away. We've gone from death unto life. We're a new person. We're a new creation. And so that's the greatest miracle that can take place. He gave His life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And so He's purchased you. He's purchased me. If we put our faith in who Jesus is. Look at First Peter here. I love this when he says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. 
By his wounds, we're what he did on the cross is the only way that we really receive any kind of healing. No matter what, what area you're thinking about today, it only comes through Jesus Christ. Only. And so it's by what Jesus did on the cross we have the right or the opportunity to even be healed. Especially spiritually, but relationally, emotionally, physically, anything else, it starts with Jesus. It starts with him. So I believe with everything that's in me that only true healing takes place through Christ because that's what Scripture says. So look at this. So God wants us to experience emotional healing. Now, let me, maybe some of you here in the room that, man, you've been wounded. And some of that may go all the way back to when you were a child. Maybe something was done to you or maybe someone left you or whatever it might be. And, but there's an emotional wound that is there. And you've never really been healed of that because it continues to affect every relationship around you. It continues to be an issue that you can't seem to get past. Maybe it causes insecurities or maybe it causes fear or, or anxiety or whatever it might be. But there's an emotional wound that's taking place. And let me just say this. Emotional wounds sometimes hurt worse than physical wounds. I've heard people say through the years that, you know, in a testimony, they would talk about, you know, man, I grew up in a home where there was physical abuse and maybe there was even sexual abuse. And say, so, you know what, I could handle that worse more than I could handle the emotional trauma. But God can heal that emotional trauma. God can do emotional healing. He can heal you emotionally. But you've got to be willing to trust Him. And you've got to be willing to lay it down. And you've got to be willing to let go of it. And you've got to be willing to let Him step in there and do that. And you can say, well, you know, Mike, God's not going to force Himself on us. It's, it's us releasing. It's us by faith believing. It's, it's surrendering that to Him. Look at this passage here. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. And there's some people, I promise you, sitting in this room that are brokenhearted, even today. And some of you have been brokenhearted all your life, it feels like. And you've been searching for love, and you've been searching for this, and you've been searching for something, but you've been walking around brokenhearted, and you are today. Well, God can heal you today. Maybe you're watching online. God can heal you today. I, I love that passage. He heals the brokenhearted. He bandages their wounds. Have you ever, have you ever had a wound that, you know, maybe, maybe you couldn't take care of it, you had to have someone help you with that wound? And, or maybe that bandaging and whatever. And just the fact that they're taking care of you and they're, they're kind of they're caring for you. You feel like, you know what, man, they're showing me mercy. They're ministering to you is what they're doing. And so what God says in his word here is that he heals the brokenhearted. And so you feel like my, my, my heart is in a million pieces. He can, he can mend that back together. And it says that he cares for us. He cares for those wounds. So maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online. And you know, you know what? That passage is for me. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe what he says. You've got to believe he can do it. He heals the brokenhearted. John here says, I am leaving you with the gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is the gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So here we see where you know, the world can promise us all kinds of things. But man, it can't give those things. And God's word says it can't give them. And so we've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to look into God. We've got to lean into God and trust Him. God, I need you to heal my brokenness, my emotional wounds that I'm toting around. And I'm just telling you, we've got to be willing to let Him. We've got to be willing to surrender that. I was sharing with uh, my son the other day. We were talking about, you know, the faith that the guys had whenever they lowered, you know, the, their paralytic friend in front of Jesus. And, you know, we always talk about their faith. They tore the roof open. They lowered him down. And he says, yeah, but that guy had to have faith to get on that mat. And he had to have faith to let these guys help him. And he had to have faith to believe that Jesus could heal him. 
And I'm, I'm just telling you, there's some of you today that you just got to be willing to say, you know what? Jesus, I believe that you can heal me. You can heal my broken heart. You can heal my emotional wounds. Here's another one. God wants us to experience relational healing. And God is all about relationships. You know, when we talk about Jesus coming and going to the cross, it was so that we could be in a right relationship with the Father, right? It's so that we could be redeemed, so that we, we could be made right with, with God the Father. And so Jesus did everything that had to be done, and he went to the cross willingly. He laid down his life willingly. He bled out his precious blood willingly for you and for me so that we could be in a right relationship with the Father. It's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. And so here's the thing. In life, it really should be about relationships. It's not about the stuff that we gain. It's not about the stuff that we collect. It's not about how much knowledge we have. It's not about those things. It's about relationships, and those relationships have to be paramount. They have to be most important. And the one that begins, that has to be at the top of the list is our relationship with God. And when our relationship with God is right, then it begins to affect these relationships around us. When we're seeking Him in His Word, when we're seeking Him in prayer, when we're listening for His still small voice, when we're, we're chasing after God and we're seeking Him with everything that's in us, it begins to right those relationships in our life that are damaged and that are broken and are hurting. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. It says always be humble and gentle. And sometimes we're not that way, right? So we have to confess that to God. Say, God, I want to confess that I have not been humble and gentle. I have not been patient. But he says always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. There's nobody perfect, right? There's nobody perfect in the room. The only person that was perfect was Jesus. Everybody else has blown it. Everybody else was broken. Everybody else messes up. And so therefore, we have to understand that, man, Jesus is the only perfect one. The rest of us are broken. And we're all in need of a Savior. That's why Jesus came. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now, if you'll notice that S on there is a capital. That's talking about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You know, it says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. And... and and, and that's something we have to work at because here's the thing is there's always going to be division because Satan loves to cause division. There's oftentimes factions in the church and there's splits in the church. That's not what Scripture teaches us to do. The, the Scripture says to you know, you know, make every effort to be together as one in the Spirit. And so if we're really focused on the Spirit and the Word of God and the teaching of God's Word, then we're going to be about what God's kingdom is about. And it's not about my wants and my desires, but it's about what God wants and what God desires. So oftentimes what we do is we see that lack of unity in the church. And therefore, here's the thing, it, those, those factions and divisions begin to affect the community around us. And you look around at our nation right now. Wouldn't you say that we need unity more than ever? If you ain't going to say it, I will. We do. We need a lot of unity right now. We need to be on the same page. And we need to be unified in the Spirit. And what Satan loves, man, I understand what he loves, is all these different denominations and all these man-made factions that we kind of create. And we say, hey, you know what, we're going to be all these different things. And we're, you be you, you be the. And here's the thing, we'll just do it together. You know, whatever, we'll just do it separate. And that's not what God is asking. God is saying, hey, listen, I want you guys to be one. I want you to be one voice going out and taking one message, the gospel, to, to a nation, to a world that needs to hear the good news. And we've got to be one. You can't, because Satan loves to divide us. All it takes is a little bit of division. All of a sudden, you lose your power and your effectiveness. But look what it says. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. We need peace, not animosity, not attacking one another verbally, not attacking other people, but saying, God, help me to have peace. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Again, those are fruits of the Spirit that we see in there, right? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's a command. That's not an option. There's some of us in this room that maybe we've got unforgiveness in our heart. And maybe someone wanted us years ago, years ago in our childhood. And you say, Mike, you don't know what I grew up in. I don't, but God does. But he says that you have to forgive. And because you don't forgive, you're carrying bitterness and anger and resentment around with you. That's eating you up like a cancer. And so what we have to be willing to do is do what the Scripture says. We've got to be willing to forgive just as we were forgiven. And there's someone that has wounded you. I promise you, if you've walked in life, someone has hurt you, wounded you, stabbed you in the back, done whatever. You've got to choose to forgive them. It's not an option. You've got to choose to love them. It's not an option. But you've got to be willing to do those things. That's what Scripture teaches us. And so here's what I'm just telling you. If you don't hear anything I say today, I'm okay with that. But I pray that you hear the Word of God. And I pray that the Word of God is going to accomplish its task because that's what it says it will do. And that you will walk out of here today because you heard the Word of God. And you'll go, you know what? I can't continue to walk in unforgiveness. I can't continue to walk the way that I'm walking. Something's got to give. Something's got to change. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Man, we're together. And look at that. Clothe yourselves. It's like putting on clothes. It's like putting on clothes that we, we clothe ourselves with those things. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Man, when we love, when you love someone, you have to forgive them. When you love yourself... You have to forgive yourself. If God can forgive you, why can't you forgive yourself? And that may be part of the emotional wounds that you're toting. But we've got to be willing to forgive. So God wants us to be whole, not just in our spirit and soul, but also in our body with physical healing. Now, here's where some people would kind of put on the brakes. And like I said, there are some who would say, you know, Mike, I guess you'd call me a cessationalist. I don't believe that God still heals physically like that. Why? And I get it. There's plenty of people that are out there. And there may be some of you that are there. But if we believe that he heals our soul, and we believe that he heals us spiritually, and we believe that he can heal our relationships, and we believe that he can heal us emotionally, and we believe that he can deal with any of those things, but we are not so sure about the the physical because maybe now we have so much science and we have so much health information out there that we can explain it away. I still believe that God does miracles just like he did with Charlie. I shared last week about David, who shared about his son Caleb, who God did a miracle. I shared a few weeks ago about my mom, who I gathered around, we all gathered around her bed, and we prayed for God to do a miracle, and she walked out of there two weeks later, lived another year and a half. And so I still believe that God does physical healing. And if we believe that He can do these things for our soul, then He can do these things for our body. God does not want us to walk, you know, around unhealthy But he wants us to be whole and healthy. So I believe that God can still physically heal. So this is what Jesus said. This is Jesus telling the disciples. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. All right, think about some of the things that Jesus did. We talked about the woman with the issue of blood a few weeks ago. Well, she just thought, hey, if I can just get up there, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the, you know, the edge of his cloak, then I'll be healed. She had that much faith. And when she touched it, Power came out of Jesus and she was healed. It had been an issue of blood for years. And she had to walk in shame and humility because she was considered unclean. But man, Jesus felt the power go out. And Jesus was on his way to go heal Jairus' daughter, right? 
So on the way, this healing takes place. He's on the way to do another healing. And he gets there and he says, hey, listen, you know, don't bother the teacher. She's dead. She's, she's done. She's toast. And, and Jesus says, she's not dead. She's just asleep. And they laugh at him. They kind of scoff at him. And he resurrects her. So that's a resurrection that takes place. We know the story of Lazarus. Where, you know, Jesus, that's a physical healing, if you will. And so his sisters meet him and they say, Lord, if you'd only been here, our brother would still be alive. And, and he goes, who do you think I am? What do you believe about me? And she begins to say what she believes. You are the son of God. So he says, roll that stone away. And she goes, Lord, you know, it's, he's going to smell. He's been in there three days. He says, roll the stone away. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes walking out in grave clothes. So... If we believe that he can heal our soul, if we believe he can give us salvation, the gift of salvation, then why do we not believe that he can heal? Is it because somebody's told you, hey, that don't happen anymore? Because God's word says that it does. And so we've got to believe, and I'm just telling you, I'm believing today that God is going to heal somebody emotionally, relationally, spiritually. I'm praying for the lost to be saved. I'm praying for someone who's got emotional wounds that today, maybe they've been carrying in them since childhood, today they find healing. Immediately. I'm praying for, I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for physical healing. I know there's people in this, this room in our church that are battling cancer, that are battling diabetes and all these kinds of things. God can heal that. I believe that. Now, it's however he wants to do it, but I'm trusting and I believe that God can do that. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. It's all about bringing glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So in other words, and when we pray in Jesus' name, we're saying, we're not saying, hey, listen, I'm praying in Jesus' name. I'm pulling that stamp of authority and put on, say, hey, I'm praying as Jesus would pray. That's what we're saying. I'm praying as Jesus would pray. And so I know that Jesus is going to line up with the Father. So God, I'm praying for your will to be done. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're asking for. We're praying for God's will to be done. Are any of you suffering hardships? It's out of James. Are any of you suffering hardships? There's plenty of hardships around, right? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. So in other words, if you're going through a tough time, man, you need to be praying, right? But man, if God is, is doing some crazy things in your life and He's blessing you, we ought to be singing. So when we're singing these songs, we ought to be singing with joy, man, and with excitement and with passion. Kind of like Martin when he came out of the water, man. He comes up, he's lit up like a Christmas tree, man. I mean, it, just, it gives me chills to even think about it. He was so excited about following Christ in obedience. And then he goes, hey, Pastor Mike, it's been a great week. It's been a great week. And so how have you looked at this week? Have you looked at this? Man, there's been bumps and bruises, but man, I rejoice because, you know what? I've been redeemed. I'm saved. And I'm being changed and transformed into the image of Christ. So we should sing praises. Look at this next part. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. It says, confess your sins one to another. We are to confess our sins. And confession is saying, God, I agree with you. This is sin in my life. Whatever that sin might be. God, I'm confessing to you that I have sin. I'm confessing that it is sin. I'm agreeing with you. And repentance is part of that confession. I want to quit living that way. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I, I, want, to, I want to quit doing what I've been doing. And I want to choose what is right. Just what Peter talked about earlier. That we're, we're dead to sin. We're alive to Christ. We're alive to do what is right. So wherever there is sickness or disease, there's an opportunity for God to display His glory, right? So a lot of times whenever we see something take place, we go, all right, that's not good. It could be an incredible opportunity for God to display His glory. 
And so every, wherever there is sickness or disease, there is an opportunity for God to literally display his glory. And, every, and let me just say this. When we pray, we're not praying for us. And we're not praying for what we get out of it. We're not even praying for what our family member or our, our friend might get out of it. We're praying for God's glory to be given, right? For God to receive the glory. That's what we should be praying. That's what Jesus prayed. It was for the Father to be glorified, for the Father's will to be done. So every time there is sickness or disease, there is an opportunity for God's glory to be displayed. And so we've got to have that mentality. God, it's, it's not about what I want or desire. God, you know my heart. But God, it's about your glory. So let, let's look at this. Healing can take place immediately. It can take place immediately. And, and I feel like with Charlie, that was an immediate moment right there. You might say, well, he still had to be stitched up. Yeah, but there was a part of him that I believe was healed in my life. I believe that he was healed at that moment. When he popped his eyes open, he said, I'm going to be okay. And if you'd had that moment right in front of you like I did, you would know. You know what? That was a God moment. But I think about with my mom. You know, it, it, it wasn't immediate, but it was gradual. And so God can't heal immediately. We, we look back and we see where Jesus would heal people. And immediately, man, they were healed. And there were times, like with the ten lepers, he says, hey, listen, I want you to go. And as they were going, they were healed. So those ten lepers, as they were going, they were healed. And so sometimes God may say, hey, listen, I'm going to heal you, but it's going to take a step of faith. I'm going to heal that relationship, but it's going to take a step of faith. It may be that you go to counseling. It may be that you do certain things. And so as you're taking those steps, God is healing but we've got to be willing to take those steps. So sometimes it's immediately, and then sometimes it's gradually. So like with the lepers, it was gradual. With my mom, it was gradual. It was over a two-week period, and then she gets to go home. Now, she still died a year and a half later. And I'll just tell you this, just for everybody in the room, we will all breathe our last one day. So that, this is why I say physical healing is important, but it doesn't replace what is most important, which is spiritual healing. Physical healing could be just a Band-Aid, to be honest with you. In other words, it, you may be healed of something, but if you don't surrender your life to Christ, if you don't receive full, you know, a, a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, then you're still going to breathe your last and you're going to die. And if you don't have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, you're going to experience what the Bible calls hell. That's what Scripture teaches. You know, and, and you might think, well, if I could just see one of those miracles, that would change everything. All the people that were in the crowd, in the mob that, you know, that cried out, you know, crucifying, crucifying, they saw miracles. I've often wondered, I wonder if any of these, like the ten lepers that, you know, end up going, you know, the, only one came back. I wonder if any of them ended up becoming a part of the mob and, and, and cried crucifying. Because there's times whenever, you know, you, you see miracles take place and you think, well, that's going to change everybody. But I'm telling you, it's the miracle of salvation that changes us. But oftentimes people will see things and they still walk away. Some of those same little boys that were laying their hands on Charlie that I was holding on onto his head. Those same boys, men went down some really dark roads. They saw a miracle take place, but they kept walking away from God. And so healing can take place immediately, can take place gradually, and it can also take place in heaven. So here's saying, for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, ultimately we, 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 build, we will be healed. Ultimately there will be a complete healing. There will be a complete healing. I love this passage here out of Revelation 2. So I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home, God's home now is now among his people and he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. So this is John talking about what heaven's going to be like. Isn't this beautiful? And so when I hear, when I read this, I just, I love it, man. It's so exciting. He says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. All those things are gone forever. 
And so I don't know about you guys, but when we get to the end of our life, we will breathe our last one day. Everybody will. But for those who have put their faith in Christ, we will begin to experience heaven. And I don't know about you, but whenever there's a funeral, and hopefully, you know, at your funeral, there'll be a few people crying. You want a few people crying, right? You know, feel like they missed you a little bit. But most of the people will say, you know what? Man, he was a believer. He believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. If anybody goes to heaven, he's going or she's going. And so, you know what? They're more alive than they've ever been right now. I love that. Don't you? And so when we get to the end of our life, if we're a believer, we can claim that passage and say, you know what? I will be healed completely. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain. And some of you guys who are battling chronic pain, you go, you know, man, that's going to be a great day. That's going to be a complete healing. So God can heal immediately or gradually or whenever we breathe our first breath of heaven, he can do that. So there's three reasons Jesus didn't do miracles. Let me just say this. There's times we've prayed and there's times I've prayed. I've, I've had God answer prayer and seen a miracle. But there's been plenty of times when I prayed that it didn't turn out the way that I was praying. And I don't know if I was praying wrong or if God just, it wasn't God's will. But the thing is, is God, Jesus didn't always perform miracles every time that there was an opportunity. And so let's look at those three reasons Jesus didn't do miracles. One, Jesus refused to perform miracles to prove himself. Let me just say this. Jesus is not a circus clown that does what we tell him to do. And I think there are times I see it out there where people think, well, if I pray hard enough or if I, if I say this or I do whatever, he has to do what I say. That's not true. He is God. You are not. Now, we can claim his promises, and I think we should claim his promises. Every one of us, every time that we're praying, we should be praying, claiming the promises of God. But it's always about God's will and God's glory, not mine. And so we, we don't strong-arm God. We don't, we don't leverage him to our, our gain. What we do is we submit and we surrender to him. And so Jesus never performed a miracle just to prove himself. Look at the Pharisees here. It says, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him, testing him. And they demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. And when he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So Jesus makes it clear, not going to happen. And I'm just telling you, you, you might think, well, I can't believe they, they tried to test him like that. But there's some of you that have said in your heart, you said, if God would just heal my wife, if God would just heal my daughter, if God would just heal whatever, then I'll believe. You're no different than the Pharisees then. You're trying to get him to prove himself, and he's already proved himself because God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross that you might live. He loved you even when you were unlovable. He offers his son as a payment for your sins and we're yet we're still saying hey if you'll do this then i'll believe if you'll do this then i believe that's what the that's what the religious leaders of the day were doing here's the second thing jesus never formed a miracle that interfered with god's ultimate plan if you're familiar with the story in the garden where jesus has already you know met with the disciples he, they've had the the last supper and he tells judas to kind of go and do what he's going to do you know and and so judas is about to betray jesus with a kiss and so they're in the garden. You know, he's been praying. He's been anguishing, desperately praying for God's will to be done. And so Judas comes and he betrays him with a kiss. And the soldiers go to take Jesus. And one of the guys, Peter, takes a sword and he cuts off the, the assistant to the, to the priest's ear. And, and Jesus rebukes Peter. He says, hey, that's not the way this is going to work. And so he, he rebukes him. And he takes the ear and he puts it back and he heals the ear on the side of the man and you would think that would have been enough right i mean all right this is who he, he says he is. but they still take jesus to the cross and, and so 
Jesus never performed a miracle that interfered with God's ultimate plan. So he rebukes Peter and he says, that's not the way it goes. That's not the way this is going to happen. Look at what he says here. He says, don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us? And he would send them instantly. He said, hey, listen, Peter, I know what you're thinking. But God has a bigger plan. The father has a better plan. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that, that describe what must happen now? And what he's saying, hey, listen, man, the cross has got to happen, Peter. I've got to die. I've got to bleed out my precious blood to pay for the sins of the world, past, present, and future. That's got to take place. We are not going to stand in the way of that. And even though he is the son of God, he's not going to thwart what God's plan was. that makes sense? And so there are times that we're praying for something that is not God's, God's plan, nor is he going to receive glory if it goes a different direction. So it may not be answered. And here's the third one. Jesus didn't do miracles where there was no faith. And if he did, it was very few. And so faith is a critical part of our, our, our prayer and whether or not miracles take place. So Jesus didn't do miracles where there was no faith. Look at this. This is in his hometown. So he's, he's gone back to Nazareth and he's teaching there. And, there. and some of the people are like, hey, isn't that Joseph's son? Isn't that Mary's son? Don't we know this guy? And we begin to question, you know, begin, they begin to question whether or not he could really do what he was saying and wondered how he knew all this knowledge all of a sudden. It says, then Jesus told them a prophet is honored. Is on, a, a prophet is honored everywhere except his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. He was amazed at the unbelief of the people there. And see, I'm just telling you, there's going to be family members and people that know you that whenever they see your life begin to be changed, they're going to wonder, man, is this legit? Is this real? Because they know you so well. They've seen you at your worst. And they're going, man, I don't know. But I'm just telling you, Jesus, he, got, he, he responds. Jesus responds to faith. He responds to faith. God responds to faith. Our faith in Jesus is what gives us spiritual healing. Our faith in Jesus is what saves us. It's, it's faith is what makes God smile, is what Scripture says. It moves the heart of God. It stirs the heart of God. So Jesus responds to faith. The woman with the issue of blood, it says, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. There's some of you in the room today, or maybe you're watching online, that you go, man, I've had this issue. And it may not be an issue of blood. It may be an issue of the heart. All these years. And maybe today God is saying, hey, listen, man, if you'll just have enough faith, I'll heal you of that wound. And let me just say this. I'm not trying to sell you false hope. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just trying to let you know that God can still do whatever God wants to do. God can still heal. You may say, well, Mike, I've prayed prayers before and my daughter or my son didn't live. I prayed this prayer before and the marriage didn't make it. I'm not saying you didn't have enough faith. But I am saying that maybe God is calling you to a deeper faith today. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm just saying that when we look back and we see that, you know what, Jesus responded to faith. And we've got to have enough faith and sometimes we need to ask God to help us with that faith. The ten lepers healed. Jesus said to the man, only one came back. Ten of them were healed as they were going, gradually healed. Jesus said to the one man that came back, he said, stand up and go. He said, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. You just didn't have to touch him. He didn't have to, your faith has healed you. So it's all about faith. Look at this one here. Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi... The blind man said, I want to see. What blind person didn't want to see? What deaf person didn't want to hear? 
Now, can you imagine being being healed of being blind? And man, you, for the first time you see light, or for the first time you get to see a red or a green or a, a purple or a color. Maybe you get to see your spouse's face or your children's faces. He said, man, I want to see. But look at what Jesus said. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly. There's an instant one. There's an immediate one. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. He didn't go wandering around looking at everything that he could see. He followed Jesus. His life had been instantly changed. He could see. And he began to look to Jesus. And he began to follow Jesus down the road. A father pleads with Jesus to heal his son. It's a great story. And some of these miracles, maybe you ought to go back and read today. Maybe you ought to go back and look at what Scripture says. But the father pleads with Jesus to heal his son. And his son, it's a horrible story. If you read this, this uh, story, this account here where his son is just tormented. And just all kinds of torture, the, the demonic junk that was going on in his life. And, and so the father is pleading. And he says, he says, Lord, you can heal him if you will or if you can. God, or Lord, if you can, will you heal my son? He said, what do you mean if I can? This is Jesus' half. If, what do you mean if I can? He says, anything is impossible. Anything is, anything is possible if a person believes. That's Jesus speaking. And there's times we, we kind of go, Jesus, I, I think you can do this if you can or if you want to. And so Jesus said, hey, listen, man, it's about believing. And so the Father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. There may be some of you here in the room that you need spiritual healing. You need to put your faith in Christ today. That's your decision. Or maybe you're watching online. It's, it's, it's spiritual. It's spiritual healing you need. There may be some of you in here that you've been toting around emotional wounds your whole life. It's affected every relationship. You need to let God heal you today by faith. Maybe there's relational healing. Maybe there's a marriage in here that's barely hanging on. Maybe there's a strained relationship between a mom and a dad. Maybe there's a strained relationship between an aunt and an uncle, a sister and a brother that needs to be healed. And Jesus can heal. We've got to believe that. We've got to release that. And maybe God's telling you today to take a step to lay that down and to trust Him with that. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. Our worship team is going to lead us in a song in just a minute. But I want to, I want to give you an opportunity to lay something down and to even pray for a miracle. So I'm going to ask our prayer team. They're going to come. They're going to stand here at the front. They're going to be all around the front here today. And there's a song that's going to be sung. It's talking about believing for a miracle. You've got to believe it. And I'm telling you, I believe that God is going to heal somebody in this room today. Maybe it's from an addiction. God's going to heal somebody of a broken heart. God's going to heal somebody spiritually. They'll put their faith in Christ. I believe that that's going to happen online as well. I believe that God's going to heal someone emotionally. There's been toting around wounds that have just robbed them of life for so long. But today they realize, you know what? Jesus can heal me. And I believe there are going to be people that will take steps of faith today. I believe that. So in just a minute, I want to ask everyone in the room to stand. And if you're watching online, I just want you to stand there where you are. And then I want you to respond to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And I want you to trust Jesus for a miracle today. Maybe you walk down and you take one of these people by the hand and 
me and they pray with you for a miracle. Maybe that's the step. I want to ask you just to go ahead and stand. Everybody across the room, just stand. I want to say a quick prayer. And when I I say amen, you take that step of faith. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you that you are, I thank you that you have already performed miracles today. God, I thank you that you're performing a miracle right now. And God, I pray that you'd fill this room with faith. God, that we would have faith. God, we know that you're here. We know that your presence is here. We know that your power to heal is here. And so, God, I pray right now that you would just move on every heart. God, let there be healed.
I hope you believe. And I believe that people were healed today, right now. Not only in this room, but online. I believe that people were healed spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically, financially, whatever it might be. I believe that God is still in the healing business. And I believe that there were souls that were saved today. And I believe that there were people that were literally physically healed today. He wants you to be healthy and whole. We've got to be, we've got to believe. And I believe, I'll just tell you this. I believe that God wants to use you this week to share your story, to take the gospel wherever you go. And I, I believe that's the great commission. God's word says that we're to go and wherever we go, man, we're to share the good news. We're to share the gospel. And prayerfully, God is going to use the church, the body of Christ, to, to literally push back the darkness and to reach those who need spiritual healing. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. God, we believe, I believe. God, thank you so much for loving us. God, you are such a loving Father that you would send your Son, Jesus, to die that we might live. God, let us really live this week. Let us focus on Jesus. Let us really focus on the promises of God. God, the truth of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. God, let us focus on that. Let us share that because we believe it so much. God, thank you for loving us. God, give us the love for the people around us. God, I pray for forgiveness. I pray that forgiveness would take place this week. I pray that there would be healing to take place throughout this week. We know it took place today. But God, we, we pray that it will continue to take place this week. God, thank you for loving us, for meeting with us this morning. And God, thank you for forgiving us. Help us to forgive those who have wounded us. God, help us to walk in love. God, give us that harmony. In Jesus' name, amen.